Welcome to the Ephesiology Podcast, a podcast dedicated to the study of the early Christian movement and its implications for the church today. Today, we're with Michael, our resident physiologist, and I'm Matt Till in the suburban sprawl of Chicago, Illinois. And today we have uh, something special. Uh, Michael was actually a special guest on another podcast recently, and we're going to have an opportunity to replay that on the topic of really this notion of the importance of theology in discipling your kids. Now, Michael, that sounds like kind of scary, the word theology. I know, doesn't it? It it can be intimidating to parents to think that um, there's there's some aspect of theology in how we engage our children with the topics of the Bible and and so on. And so, yeah, I was happy to be on a podcast with Kyle Bartholik, who's the pastor of discipleship at Christ Community Church in Ames, Iowa. And uh, we had a wonderful time talking about uh, that role that theology plays in discipling our children, but also trying to take the fear out of it. I mean, I mean, it's one thing for people like us who have been trained theologically to talk about theology with our, our children. Uh, for others, it, it can be a little bit intimidating. Well, I can't wait for us to be able to listen in and dig in this material with you. So without further delay, here is Michael's interview. I want to talk here a little bit, you know, as we've, we've talked so far, theology matters. What I believe about God matters because it, it, it informs my identity. Belief corresponds in behavior. And um, the way that I've always said it to teenagers is that if I claim to be a cheeseburger, I need to act like a cheeseburger, right? And then we always get into this discussion of the sentient nature of, of cheeseburgers and are they really living beings, you know, and all those wonderful philosophical, the meta, the metaphysical nature and the existential nature of, of cheeseburgerness, you know? Um, but, it, but it helps, I think it, it's a silly image, but it helps us to put into practice or to, or to conceptualize that, yeah, what I actually believe gets fleshed out in my life. And John talks about this in his letters. Uh, right? Uh, little children claim to be in Jesus, walk yeah. as he walked. There's a moral component. James talks about it. The proof is in the pudding. Faith without works is dead. Um, so we, we know that. And I think we know that with our hearts or we know that in our heads. And that's why theology matters. But you talked about this uh, for you and Lori. Um, we have so many as parents, we have so many other things to do. We have so many other important things. Um, and again, you talk about this for you and Lori, that you guys built in some rhythms, some structures, and some boundaries uh, to say, you know what, doing theology as a family, uh, living out our theology as a family, our belief corresponds to behavior is really important. So we're going to set up some practical boundaries for that. Um, you know, so what were some of the other important things that you guys had to fight against? And, and, and how did you even just go about that for you and Lori as a couple? Uh, how did you go about setting those priorities and those boundaries uh, as you're raising, you know, your kids? Yeah, you know, I think one of the important things for us was that um, our kids were always included in everything we did. Um, and we we were very deliberate in helping them to feel like they were included uh, in, in the things that we were doing, that whether that would be at our local church. Um, I can remember, you know, we had a home group at our home and our kids were young and, uh, and this was an adult group, but 
um, I can remember sitting around the dinner table the night or the, the, the evening of our home group and our kids would be talking about when is our group going to start? Uh, they owned that awesome. uh, because yeah. we included them in yeah. that sense that, you know, this is a part of who we are uh, as Coopers. Yeah. We, we do this. We gather together with uh, like-minded believers and we study God's word. And, and so they, so that was always important for us. Um, you know, there were occasions when we had to confront uh, issues, cultural issues. Mm-hmm. Um, one such occasion was when our, our youngest son was in, I think, the third grade, and the teacher started practicing yoga at the beginning of the, the class day. And okay. and uh, our son came home, and I can remember we were sitting out in our backyard. Actually, we were lying down in our backyard looking up at the geese flying over. And he said, uh, you know, that they started practicing yoga and at school. And I, I said, well, Christopher, uh, what do you think about that? And he said, well, Daddy, I don't want to practice yoga. And I and uh, I said, great. Well, let's think about how then we can address that with your teacher. Yeah. And, you know, and so we did. Um, I wrote her a letter and, you know, explained uh, the religious connection with yoga and so on. And, and yeah. we were able to uh, address that in their public school. And so they ceased practicing yoga altogether at, at that school. Okay. So again, we're always, we were always including them. And, yeah. and it was just such a joy to be able to come home from uh, long trips and um, listen to our kids ask inquisitive questions about what I was doing and mm-hmm. and see them really think in terms of, wow, we've been a part of this. You yeah. know, it's just not daddy going out yeah. to wherever country, but it's us participating with him because we're praying for him. We're, uh, we're interested in what he's doing and yeah. we want to do those things. And, and, you yeah. know, that's, that's, resulted in you know three adult children who have a deep passion for missions mm-hmm. um, they're very much engaged in their communities and their churches and and uh, and they all three have an eye uh, to getting to the mission field uh, awesome. as a result and I know that's not every parent's desire for a child to leave home and go to the mission field but yeah for us because that's who we are. Um, we're just absolutely thrilled that they continue to have that passion. Yeah. You know, I love that. I love what you said. I mean, again, it's just, it's pausing and responding to those, to those moments. Um, you know, again, and for, for you, right, Michael, it's, it's with your job, with your vocation, with your calling is, is in, in missions. And then, you know, even getting a chance to go and speak and be in other places as a, as a university professor, Right, getting to take your kids along with you and having those yeah. conversations. Sure. But you know, I've watched I watched other parents do this. We don't have to go to conferences or we don't have to be pastors or prof, you know professional Christians in order to have these conversations. When I'm when I you know I'm out scooping the snow, you know, shoveling the sidewalk, and uh, and I have my kids alongside of me, and I go, hey, let's go do our neighbor's sidewalk. Well, why do we, Dad? Why right. would we do that? Yeah. We're done. We're we're, we're finished. Well, yeah, but but because we love Jesus, He calls us to serve other people. That's a, that's a part of who we are. We we're we go out of our way to serve and to take care of. And so even this act of shoveling the snow can become an act of ministry, and it's where we model for our kids. It's not just the right sociological thing to do to be a good neighbor. 
it's actually, it's motivated out of our love for Christ. And, um, and so I, you know, when I'm with my kids, I love those moments of just harnessing those, you, you know, those, those small moments where we can go. And so, so it doesn't have to be just traveling to other countries or, or being a professional mm-hmm. Christian that that happens, but it happens in our daily lives. Why do we go out of our way? Dad or, you know, mom or dad, why were you patient in the grocery store when I could tell that you were frustrated? Well, it's because, mm-hmm. because, you know, as a Christian, uh, Jesus is making me and helping me to be a patient person. And so I respond in those moments. Right. And so, um, yeah, I, I so value that. appreciate that as you, as you're highlighting yeah. that and, and we can just encourage parents to seize those, those little moments that make a massive difference. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, if, you know, for us, <clears throat> just having the mindset that every moment is a discipleship moment, mm. wherever we are. Um, if it's around the dinner table, which we were faithful uh, throughout our kids growing up years that we always had dinner together. Yeah. Uh, whether it were in our backyard, uh, like you said, shoveling our neighbor's drive, uh, whether it was driving in the car to or from school or, or wherever. Uh, th- those are all moments, uh, all discipleship opportunity moments. And again, as you referenced, our kids see what we do. And yeah. for us to be aware of our actions that do have an impact on uh, the future of our children and, uh, and, you know, to think about those things. I mean, uh, yeah, so many different memories pop into my mind about um, trying to live those things out so that our kids, not just, not, not legalistically, so our kids yeah. see it. But really trying to live that out as a disciple and a follower of Christ, knowing that our kids are watching and that it will impact uh, their future. Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, and I love that. Again, drawing and not drawing off that that legalistic side that we we must do this, right? Because that, that's that performance gospel. And mm-hmm. and it's it's the gospel that says, if I do this, God will do that. Right. And and the, the real the biblical gospel, the scriptural gospel is that, well, I couldn't do anything. Right. I, yeah. I had nothing to offer God. Paul tells us in Ephesians and in Romans that that so that no man would boast. Right. Uh, it, it's it is a gift of grace. Um, and so I wasn't anything desirable when God sought me out, when God pursued me, sent his son to die mm-hmm. for me, had the Holy Spirit crying out that truth to me, you know, and crying out to all humanity. Um but we, we, yeah, we've got to steer away from that legalistic gospel that, that because I do these things, right. Um, and there's that, there's that grace and that freedom in, in that. Now, again, as you were, need, yeah, go ahead. Yeah. No, I was just going to say it, it needs to come out of who we are, wh- where our identity is in Christ uh, as we live that out. And yeah. And I, you know, I think a part of that is uh, living out what it means to um be that Galatians 5 person that we were talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah. If we are uh, experiencing the fruit of the Spirit, we do experience love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, and self-control. Yeah. And that that results in certain ways in which we behave. Yeah. And, and that behavior is observable, observable yeah. by our children. And um, yeah, so... Yeah. So our, our belief must correspond in, in right, right, in correlative behavior, right? So what Absolutely. we actually, our behavior, or another way to say it is our behavior actually exposes what we really believe. Oh, I, th- and, I think that's a brilliant way to put it. 
So it's not it, it one. It's not just the things that we actually do. Right. So you talked about being in a small group and your kids owning that um, and, and, you know, practical conversations that you were just present and available to have, you know, with with your kids as they were growing up and the things that they were going through. So those are some of the things that we do. Um, but it's also the things that we don't do now. Um, I, your, your daughter, she's a pretty accomplished uh, in archery, correct? Yes. Yeah, I, I've seen some I've seen some social media posts of her of her, uh, right. you know, shooting archery in the back in the in the uh, in the backyard. And, uh, yep, yep. you know, so I'm sure you and Lori have come uh, up against different things that you've had to say, you know what, we're not going to do that. We're setting some priorities. Um, walk me through the process for you guys, how you how you did that or how you set those boundaries or what were just some of the things that you had to say no to as a family? Yeah, you know that. Well, that's such a great question. Um, boy, I, Lori would be great on this podcast because I think probably um, she would have more to contribute in this area than I would because I'm 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 not a no person. Uh, I'm a always. It seems like I'm always yes. Let's try this and see what happens. Um, and and of course, our our kids' involvement in different sports. Uh, has been a part of that. You know, we, Lori and I, we love Europe. We spent a lot mm -hmm. of time in Europe. And so naturally we were excited about soccer. And so all of our kids yeah. played soccer uh, rather than other sports. Um, uh, but I think, you know, more than anything, uh, it, it was our excitement for them being a part of other things that were outside of, of uh, the church. Okay. Um, but also it were opportunities for us as a family to be engaged in the community um, so that we could be a witness to yeah. others. And, and so that was important for us. Um, and we did that a lot through sports. We did it through various school activities. And so we were very much involved in those things at our, at our kids' school um, uh, parent conferences, but also different uh, functions at the school. And so we wanted to model what it looked like uh, to be good Christians as we engage in those things. And yeah. we were involved in our community as well um, uh, on a, on, in a public way, yeah. um, being a part of different boards in our community and, and so on. Um, again, always to, with that thought of, you know, we want to model what it looks like to be a Christ follower in these contexts, not specifically for our children, but for our community as well. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, so I, I mean, again, all of this is, is should never be thought of in, in legalistic terms, yeah. but should really emerge out of who we are as followers of Christ. And, and that, um, I, I think, is critical for us. Yeah, I love that. You know, the one word you said was it was enjoy that experience together. You know, mm -hmm. that's something I've heard. I mean, just in this conversation, that maybe that's a theme that in our in our entire hour that we've been talking here is just that that there's this this one this enjoyment of God, right? When we do theology, when we when we learn about God, we we come to enjoy Him, and and then as parents, as we are first enjoying God, uh, then we can hand that enjoyment of God off to our kids. Um, mm -hmm. You know, one of the ways that I've heard it say is that you can't give Jesus away if you haven't put Jesus in, right? Mm. There's a There needs to be an inflow of Jesus in your life, in your heart, in your mind, before there can be an overflow of Jesus. And, and so so that enjoyment of, of pursuit and then and in the pursuit of God personally, 
overflows to the enjoyment of God with my kids, but then just enjoying them and the experiences that you have and yeah. living that your beliefs out, that practical application of theology, that if I believe this, I'm going to respond that way. And, and like you said, we can only do that when we are involved in our community. And there's so, so there's an importance to being even involved in the public life of our community, sports, theater, whatever those activities might be. Um, but we, uh, again, hearing what you said, that prioritization of I carry myself first and foremost as a Christian in this arena, mm-hmm. not just uh, the, the goal to be an accomplished musician or, or athlete or, or any of those things, but how do I interact in this world uh, as, as a Christian? That really is a, is a theological discussion, right? It is. Yeah, it is. And it's not, you know, I don't want to give anybody any illusion that we did this perfectly. Um, <laughs> You know, our family, yeah, yeah, as as five, we are probably some of the most competitive people that uh, we know. Uh, we like to win, whether it's yep. sports or games or or whatever. And we've shed many tears around the monopoly board uh, <laughs> and and uh, other games as the kids were were young. But um, still, I, I think, uh, you know, even in those times of uh, intense uh, sport competition, even opportunities uh, that were presented to us as a result of failure were great places for us to model, you know, what does it look like to be a Christian and fail at a sport uh, or not perform well? And, uh, and, and, you know, what, what does it look like to come alongside of each other mm-hmm. when one of us is down because we, we failed at what we were trying to achieve? And those, you know, those are equally important uh, times in the lives of parents and, yeah. and uh, their children. Yeah, I think it, the one thing that came to my mind as you were talking, uh, Kyle, was that we wanted to be, and we still are, students of our children. We we, re- we really want to know them, um, yeah. and especially, well, not especially now, but in continuing even into their adulthood, uh, we want to know their passions, uh, what animates them, yeah. uh, what excites them about life, and and so on, and and think about ways in which we can encourage that and foster it even yeah. more deeply. Um, so you know, I um, said this recently to to a friend that um, our kids are really our best disciples. And more than anybody in the world, I would much rather be with our three kids in uh, a missions context than with mm. anybody else, because I know what they believe. I know who they are. I know who that, how they react in different ways. And yeah, and, um, yeah I think, I, I think those are important things for uh, us as parents. Yeah, I, you know, I appreciate just what you said there is just being continually being students of our kids, right? Mm-hmm. The disciple making work is never done. Uh, the parenting work is never done. You know, you're always we, parents. we thought it would be done, but uh, <laughs> you, you I, know, you I, operate. I'm glad that it's not because uh, yeah, it, it changes. It definitely yeah. changes. Mm-hmm. I mean, Lori and I are much more friends with our, our three now than uh, yeah. we were, of course, when they were growing up. And Boy, that is so much fun. I mean, we yeah. get the biggest kick out of each other now, uh, more so than we ever have. Um, and uh, it, it's it's just fun to be adults together and play together. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh, laugh and, you know, all of those things. 
Yeah, no, you're so right. It changes through each stage and it needs to change. If I'm parenting the same way, if I'm parenting my teenager the same way I parented my five-year-old, it's not going to go well. And if I'm parenting my 25-year-old the same way I parented my 15-year-old, it's probably not going to go well, right? So those, yeah. uh, through those stages of parenting, it changes, but parenting never stops, right? Alongside of discipleship. Discipleship never stops because we don't stop being discipled as individuals. We don't stop growing in our likeness of Jesus until we meet him in eternity and, and we realize the fullness uh, of his glory on this side of heaven. We we're always growing in his, mm -hmm. in his likeness. And, um, and so I, I just, I appreciate that word just of how that as parents, we should, uh, again, just enjoy and experience our kids, be students of our kids. Um, and, and, and in that learning about them, continuing to point them uh, towards Jesus. Yeah. And, and, you know, for us now, we're at the, the stage where our kids speak into our lives. Yeah. And, uh, boy, that's, that's really fun, you know, to go to them because we know that they're mature believers. They're walking with the Lord. They, yep. they, we have the same passion as a family to go to them and say, you know what, I need prayer for, for a decision I need to make. And this is yeah. the decision. And would you just pray for me? And, yeah. uh, wow, that's, I mean, it's, just super cool. Yeah, that and just the one, um, not only as you said, and the enjoyment of that, receiving that, engaging with your kids in that way, but but what a gift from you and Lori to allow your kids to speak into your life, mm -hmm. right? So into that that young adult adult stage of life to say, hey, what do you think about this? Like that's such a gift to your kids uh, to to show them and to model for them what you actually think about that, right? Mm -hmm. We only ask the uh, though we only ask people that we think are important to us, people who are important to us, we ask their opinions, we ask for their advice, for their input. And so handing that to your kids is such a, such a gift. A great job on that. I mean, just encourage you there. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah, um, you're a student of culture. And, um, and so as we've talked about theology, doing theology, um, some of the voices we should listen to. Um, what are some things that, that we as Christians should be weary of uh, when we are stepping into culture, when we are looking at our, our world around us, that we should be really cautious. We don't want to uh, create, you know, uh, we don't want cognitive dissonance. We, want, we don't want to try to marry two incompatible uh, belief systems, right? And so when we do theology, when we learn about God, that calls us back to this foundation, right? And, uh, and should call us back to what God believes uh, and thinks. Um, but, but what are, so yeah, just as you're looking at our world, what are some things that we should be weary of or we should be uh, uh, hesitant of? The world is, a, is not a unique place. Um, we see repeated over and over again throughout history, uh, three major themes, and uh, and we're certainly seeing that uh, in glaring uh, perspective in our day to day. But but the world has historically experienced political, economic, and societal turmoil, yeah, uh, or unrest, and uh, that I think really describes where we are today. And and to navigate those with our young people, I think, is so important. Um, I I think you know I would. Um, it would be interesting. I, it would have been interesting that for our children to be younger than they are now because we navigate these things in different ways with them today than yeah. we would probably when they were smaller. 
But the one thing I, I think that's important is for us as parents not to shy away from those issues. They hear about what's going on in the world, whether it's uh, um, while they're sitting watching the news with you or yeah. uh, listening to you talk uh, with other adult friends or your spouse, or they're hearing it from their teachers or school children yeah. um, who might not have the same values as your family has. Uh, children are are aware of the political and the economic and the, the societal uh, unrest that we're experiencing today. Mm-hmm. And so I think it's important for us to to identify those and begin to speak into them, our uh, mm-hmm. values, and uh, how we would go about navigating uh, those things and what it looks like for us to call ourselves Christians in those yeah. particular contexts. So I... Um, yeah, this is and, and and even for us as adults, yeah, uh, we need to walk through these things in community together with others, and not yeah. allow us to be isolated as we're thinking about how to address these, and to allow um, uh, multiple voices into mm. uh, these contexts too, so that we have a good uh, understanding of how how to respond. Um, I, I think. You know, as I think about um, what's happening in our world today, I mean, obviously, we see the tensions that uh, have surrounded this last election cycle. Mm-hmm. We're experiencing the the pandemic uh, as well yeah. as, as people continue to fall uh, ill to the COVID-19. And we're seeing increased tensions uh, in our society through racial relations. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I think the encouragement here is the is the same as what John gave to those seven churches in the book of Revelation, because the the, the entire book of Revelation is is kind of uh, outlining this political, economic, and societal unrest that's yeah. happening in Asia at the time, but uh, is going to happen continually throughout history. And John's encouragement were. Uh, in two ways. Mm-hmm. Uh, his encouragement was in two ways. It, one is that we need to endure through these times. Yeah. That um, We need to remain followers of Christ and live uh, like Christ. And yeah. then secondly, it, we need to stay on mission and, and actively engage in that mission because ultimately that mission will be completed. And uh, John paints that beautiful picture of what that looks like when Every people, nation, uh, language, tribe stands before the throne of God yeah, and is yeah. in worship of him. And we shouldn't lose sight of that, even yeah. in these times of, of unrest. And what a beautiful opportunity to disciple our young people through this. Yeah. That even though the, you know we don't understand completely what's going on, that we're seeing all this fighting uh, that's happening between people who uh, call themselves Christians. Mm-hmm. Um, it, we're still called to stay on that mission. And, and uh, John uh, beautifully outlines what that is, that yeah. we're to stand up for the faith. We're to defend the faith. Yeah. Uh, we're to stand in the gap for the marginalized. Yeah. And we're to continue to proclaim the gospel. Yeah. And uh, and this is I, I just think this is a, an incredible discipleship opportunity for parents to have w- with their their children. 
Yeah, I, I agree with you. And I love that, uh, you know, as you know, this in Revelation, one of the one of the big thematic lines that gets tied to the whole book and, and really is apocalyptic uh, literature as a whole as a genre is this idea of hope. And what are we, what is our final hope actually rooted in as believers? And as you read Revelation, it's not in kings, it's not in kingdoms, it's not in societies, it's not even in systems or structures that man puts in place. In fact, Revelation paints a very poor picture of those things, right? Those are all going to yeah. fade. Who is the only one that's going to save us? And that's, that's Jesus. Who is the only one that's going to have final victory? That's Jesus, right? When he comes back. And so, and this is even ties back and we could, we could wax poetically, but it even ties back to the, to the prophets of the Old Testament, especially the minor prophets. Uh, Nahum specifically is theocentric in his message. Who is going to save you, Israel? God. God is the only one that can save you. It's not in the reestablishment of your kingdom necessarily. It's not in, in, in your political systems or, or any of that stuff. It is, it is God exclusively. And so, um, so I love that, that word there that we need to stay focused on, on Jesus and, uh, and, and just in, in that, in that proclamation of, of revelation that, uh, as we walk through these turbulent times, one, this isn't a unique experience for us. No, it not. might be, it might be unique for you and me because we live in limited time spans, but it's not unique for humanity. And, uh, and the church has been wrestling with issues like this for a long, long time. And their answer has been exclusively keep Jesus at the center and, and follow all that he teaches. And so again, it goes back to our very first, as we started this conversation, what is theology? It, it is, it is the study of God. It's me getting to know God more and more. So that transforms my mind. And as my mind is transformed, my behavior, the way that I live is, is transformed. So uh, Michael, thanks Amen. for, thanks for joining us on this, uh, in this conversation here. And uh, so again, just deeply appreciate your, your voice and uh, and your your influence in uh, in the church as a whole, and especially in in, in my life and and uh, for Danielle and I personally, um, your voice over over years of friendship and uh, and being one of our professors. So thank thanks for joining me today. Thanks, that's encouraging. It's been great to be with you. Well, thanks for doing theology in community with us today here on the Ephesiology Podcast. Uh, you can learn more about Ephesiology and our growing global Ephesiology community at Ephesiology.com. Also, to learn more about um, upcoming courses and even resources for you as a parent uh, as you look to disciple your children in the ways of Jesus and to live on mission. Continue to get other free resources as well for you and your church and your leadership teams. Again, that's found at Ephesiology.com. So for Michael and myself, we'll talk again next week right here on the Ephesiology Podcast.